Amen. Wait, what are you guys doing here? Wait, you're supposed to be here. Oh, wait, that's right. Wow, people. Wow, I'm not speaking to an empty room. Amen. I apologize just off the start. I mean, why am I here? I mean, what in the world? I saw John Boyle's communion. I'm listening to Old Rugged Cross. I'm in tears. You know what I'm saying? I get deeper. I get all, I, why do we need a message after all of that? I've been preached to. I've been lifted up. I'm inspired already. I'm second, you know, I'm just, ah, I'm inspired. But amen. I'm going to put my timer on so I don't go over. You know, you can pray that I don't go over. It's not a guarantee just because I have a timer. But uh, we're going to continue our Practicing the Way series as we uh, follow Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus and, and really try to figure out how did he live his daily life? What were some of the things that he did? What were some of the things that he practiced? You know, because you know how we are. We try it once. Oh, it didn't work. And then we try to move on to the next gadget or gadget or whatever that's going to get us what we need with minimal effort and all that. Practicing something <laughs> takes time. You have to fight through not knowing what you're doing, maybe looking a little stupid, maybe feeling kind of awkward. That's what practice is, right? So this is a series that will hopefully help us understand more about some of the things that Jesus implemented in his life that we can see. And so let's dive into uh, the word, but let's pray first. Father, I'm very grateful to be here to worship you. Very grateful that one day we can trade all the madness and craziness of this life traded in for a crown that that'll be amazing and father i'm grateful that we have brothers and sisters all over the world really that we connect with and brothers like john boyles that could just share from the scriptures his heart uh just thank you that we can be enriched in this way i pray for this morning i i just pray that we can take a spiritual deep breath a real deep breath and just really Yield ourselves to you, Father. Humble ourselves and just be, and be receivers of what you want to give us through your spirit, through your word. And let me just get out of the way and let you, you do what you do. And uh, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today is simplicity. And that's the, the concept we're getting at today. We've, we've talked about a lot of different things, uh, reading, uh, spiritual reading of the word. Uh, we've talked about confession and talked about a community, silence, solitude. Last week was great with the, with the Sabbath, the arrest, you know, take time in the rhythm of your life and in, in your life stage, what's appropriate. Definitely make your list. Go back to Jordan's message. The, and I hope that you look at these messages as references. Like, I hope you can go back to them. Because the point again, is okay, now I have to do Sabbath every time. Okay, now I have to learn how to read the Bible like this, Lectio Divina. And every day I need to do all these things, then you're missing the point. <laughs> we're, trying to, we're trying to add to your spiritual toolkit, okay? I'm sorry, I'm looking at you guys. I'm supposed to look at the screen. So my apologies. I'm going to look more here. My bad. I'm used to, you know. But we're trying to give you a toolbox, right? Sometimes you need a screwdriver. Sometimes you need a drill, right? I mean, you need to figure out how to incorporate these in your life. And so that's more the mindset. Don't start getting overwhelmed that you have to do all these things every single day and do them awesome or you're not a good disciple. <sighs> Settle down, slow down, but incorporate these into your life and I believe you will see the fruit. So what is simplicity? It's a longer definition. I wanted to only look at the very, very beginning of the definition. And, and it's an inward reality, right, of, of a single-hearted focus upon God and God's kingdom. 
So, so this, this inner reality where, where there is laser focus on God and his kingdom. Jesus exhibited this. I mean, you don't look, it's all up and down the scriptures. When we look in, in just John's gospel, I just grabbed these from John's gospel. But he says these phrases, I can do nothing by myself, right? I need God, right? I mean, these are the words of Jesus. I didn't come here to do my will. I came here to do the will of the Father. This is the simplicity of living with God at your center, okay? And, and when, I, when I first read simplicity and, and, oh, this is a, oh, yeah, that's about, you know, not buying a bunch of stuff and all that. That's not the only way to approach the concept of simplicity in our lives. It's a single-hearted focus on God, which Jesus exhibited in so many different ways. And I did like this definition from one of the books that I read. Not a definition, but kind of like how he approached it. Jesus placed his father first, looking to him for everything, and ordering his life to this truth about reality. Ordering your life about that truth. Because it's true whether you acknowledge it this particular day or not. God is the center of all things. But we have to kind of order our lives and prioritize our minds to get that right. Rather than juggling and measuring, he lived with one center, God the Father, one power source, God the Spirit, and one purpose, to always do the Father's will. Simply put, simplicity is loving God with all we are and have. You know, so, so many times we try to balance everything. I want to be a well-balanced person. You know what? Jesus wasn't very balanced. He was a massively focused on putting God first. And that is, the, that is the core essence of the concept of simplicity. Simplicity. Making God the center of your inner reality. Not just be able to explain it to somebody else, but to truly experience it and live it. And one of the great passages that, that I believe hits at this is John 15, right? About Jesus talking about, hey, I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. <laughs> he's, he's cutting away stuff. He's doing that. But Jesus is like, hey, guys, look, look you, if you want to bear fruit, if you want to be a fruitful branch, you better stay connected in me. You got to remain in me, abide in me, whatever word you want to use there. But that is a deep, emotional, physical in some respects, mental connection to Jesus to acknowledge in yourself you can't do it on your own. You cannot bear any type of fruit spiritually just because you work really hard on your own. That's not it. You need to have that simplicity of, if I'm not connected to Jesus, what's the point? Let me get connected. But you and I don't wake up connected. I, I don't. I mean, we can wake up and the first thing, I mean, sometimes the first thing, I use my phone to wake me up. Maybe I need to switch that up and I've thought about it because it's my alarm. Boop, 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 get the alarm, right? I'm kind of groggy because I'm not like you. I don't wake up just ready to go, right? Me and Jesus takes me a minute sometimes. And there have been times when I just say, oh man, what was the score of that game? Or who, what did the dude shoot cause, uh, in the golf round or whatever? And, they, and then do, 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 do. Who, do I, who am I supposed to call today? What time's the next Zoom call? What, am I supposed to prepare something for that? Did I, did I get it ready? Do I need, what, oh, did he send that email? Did I respond to it? This is right, I'm still in the bed. Hadn't even got out of the bed yet. How about you? Is it, again, the simplicity, it's an inner reality. Like you gotta, you gotta remain in the vine. You gotta make that choice, <laughs> right? And, and I love that about simplicity. And Jesus did that. 
But some, many, many of us, we struggle. We struggle. So, what is it? simplicity? It's also this concept of inwardness. But when you live that way, with that simplicity, guess what happens? It results in an outward lifestyle of modesty, openness, which in some respects is more open to God throughout your day, and unpretentiousness, which disciplines our hunger for status, glamour, and luxury. We need something to curb our hunger for status, glamour, luxury. It's in us. It's in us. It's in our culture. We, we bathe in it every day. Okay? And, and, and simplicity is a, a practical way to orient your life inwardly so that outwardly you're not just living like everybody else in the world. Just grabbing for stuff because you feel like you, you got to have it, right? And it's not about, you know, think about Jesus. What I loved about him, man, it wasn't about luxury or all that. I mean, as they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, man, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Great. We staying at the Four Seasons, bro. No, he didn't say that. He says, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Wow, Jesus, you're a terrible money manager. You, don't, you can't even afford rent. What's wrong with you? Is that how we're supposed to read that? No. This is a choice to orient his life in such a way that this was, he wasn't tied down to necessarily one particular place. This was his reality. God's going to meet my needs. Matthew 6, right? Jesus called them together, and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lowered it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It wasn't about status for Jesus. He didn't come to be lifted up, hold big rallies and big events and fill stadiums all over the world and do miracles and get past the plate so he can get a bunch of money and everyone could love him and lift him up and tell him how awesome he is. That wasn't, it. That, that wasn't what he was here to do. But guys, in, in, us, in us, we have that in us, I think, right? That, that, that want for praise and adulation and status. I just want to seem like I got it together. Who doesn't feel that? And sometimes it can be acute if you're in a certain situation, maybe at work, around management, or whatever. You want to seem, I want status. I want you to acknowledge how awesome I am. It's in us. It wasn't in Jesus. How? Simplicity. I'm here to do God's will. I've oriented my life that way. But again, when we wake up, that's not how we are. Woo! We got to be busy. We got to be productive because that shows you how important we are, right? We got to get going on all the things we promised to do. Sometimes we overpromise. Honestly, we, we overextend ourselves. We got to clean. We got to fix. We got to tidy up all the stuff we got. Maybe you got too much stuff if you're so worried about cleaning it and tidying it. Maybe that's a thought. Man, I got to look great. I got to look awesome. I'll read the Bible later. Let me go get my reps in. Because if I don't look good, I won't feel good. You know, I got to feel good. How are you orienting your life? 
the simplicity of Jesus at the center, the power source of God's spirit and his will, and then you go out into the world. Simplicity, I think we need that in a distracted world that we live in. And man, I read this and it stopped me in my tracks because it's so true. We worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. I was like, man, that's a little too true in our culture, I believe. I really think that's a little too true. I think there are many of us that literally give our best to our careers, our jobs, flat out. The leftovers to our relationships, our best thinking, our best intellect, all of that, heart, mind, energy, we give our best to our career so that we can have status, luxury items, whatever, own it. If it's you, own it. And, and that's where some, that's worship, guys. I'm sorry, that, that's a form of worship. And, and we give everybody else the relationships that should be bet more important. Eh. And then we can even work at our play. I mean, wow, you know, I'm gonna go on vacation. All right, well, all right, we're going to do nine different things today. We're going to do seven tomorrow. We got, well, just, can you just chill and relax on your vacation? I like to play golf. I'm horrible at it, and I can't afford to play every day. But when I do get out there, I'm going to tell you what, I ain't the one throwing my clubs into the water because I hit a bad shot, which is pretty much 80% of the time of my shots. I, didn't have, I wouldn't have any clubs left. But, but I see some people that are out there, you're supposed to, this is, there's birds chirping, dude. There's rolling hills. It's quiet. Can't you just enjoy the play? Why you got to be cussing and yelling? You're working at your play. You ain't going to make it on the PGA Tour, bro. Settle it down. It's all right. Man. And then we play at our worship. I'll get there when I can. Hey, ain't they singing a song? Why y'all still talking? You can talk about that later. You know what I mean? Like, give God the scraps. Personal worship or corporate. A le- kind of a <laughs> attitude with it, right? When that should be a place where we can really connect. Simplicity helps us with this, if we can really get that on straight. But how do we practice this, you know? Again, some of the practicals. All right, doing pretty good on time. This is something I've been doing. And I'm going to tell you right now, some of you, you're not going to get it because you know why I know that? Because I didn't get it. <laughs> Somebody, Greg Dillon actually told me about it. He said, hey, man, you should try this. I've been trying it. I tried it. I didn't get it. I left it. I went on to something else, right? But then I, re-went, I went back to something, centering prayer. Again, if simplicity is when you, it, you orient yourself inwardly first to God being the center. You acknowledge it. God already is the center, but we acknowledge it internally. And it's just a way to quiet in solitude, in silence, to quietly commune with God. You literally, all you do is address God however you want to say the word for God. That's great for you. Father, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, presence, whatever word you appreciate that's for God. And you say it, and you try to only receive his love. To experience his presence for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20. I've been trying to do 20 because I've been practicing, right, for over a couple months. But I, I, I just address God and, and I try to experience God. Not just be able to tell you scriptures about God exists and what God can do and how awesome God is. Experiencing God. And I, I got to be honest with you, it took me a while, but there was a time when I finally connected, like I finally 
got there. Like, I sat there, I'm quiet, and, and, I, and I picture me and God at a, like a pond on like an old wooden rickety kind of, you know, dock kind of thing with our feet kind of hanging over the side. And all that for what, I'm just picturing that that's my picture right there of centering with God. No one's talking to us. I'm not having to do anything. And he just reaches over and kind of grabs me on the head and does that. And I was like, God loves me. He just wants to spend time with Jeff just to be Jeff. And I've struggled. I, I went into the full-time ministry at one year old as a Christian. I was a leader like within five days. Here's a, here's a group. Disciple these guys. Lead this group. I'm like, okay. I, I need you to do. I remember I, somebody asked me to do a, a men's devo on the book of James. I hadn't even read the book of James. I don't even know where is the book of James. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm already leading and all that. And, and, and so for years, I, I genuinely, I don't think I had an experience with God where I didn't feel like I'm a minister or this is part of my job or my role. It was always woven in there a little more than I wanted to. <laughs> and it was like, and I didn't have a great relationship with my earthly dad. Uh, may he rest in peace. He recently died or whatever. But it was just, I just never, I guess I just never experienced just God, he just loves me for me, you know? And I don't feel like a victim, guys. That's not where I'm at. I'm just saying, Wow, it was refreshing. It, was, it really it changed my heart. I was talking to my wife about it on a walk that day, and it, was, it really helped me a lot. And I began to realize that in my early spiritual life, it wasn't here in Atlanta, it was in another state, but in my formative years in a church setting, the, the emphasis was more on practices of engagement, like, you know, go out and, and serve people, right? Read the word, fellowship community, which are great, right? We, are, we preach that, and that's wonderful. But there, I rarely heard about silence, what, it, what fruit can be born out of silence, and, and abstaining from things, and fasting, you know, as a consistent aspect of your life, like practicing it. Like, I genuinely didn't hear many messages, if any, or definitely didn't know people in my life that were consistently practicing these types of things and then telling how they were changing and growing. I just didn't see it. So for like 20 years, I, this engagement, engagement, and I would go through these moments where I was just overwhelmed or just burnt out or stuck. And then I think, well, it's my personality. You know, if I just had a personality like this person, I, I would probably be okay. And I said, no, it's, bro, it's not about personality. You know, we got to learn how to emphasize other aspects of what Jesus did too. He wasn't only out there, you know, in front of everybody. He did plenty of stuff. Oh, we only have a few years of his life recorded. Just think about it. All the times he was in prayer to fuel his ability to get out there and do all that stuff. But somehow, missed that. So the centering prayers help me every day. 20 minutes, I'm like locked in. It helps me get locked and loaded. And then I read my Bible, and man, I'm telling you, the words are jumping off the page. There's an openness to God and what he's doing in my life. And, and, and then uh, Greg, he, he hooked me up with the, this concept from Julian of Norwich, which was totally cool. It was another tool in my toolbox. Do I do it every single day? No, but man, I do it a lot of days, and it has borne fruit in my life where you literally, you just put your hands out like this, and you just, it's God, I'm awaiting your presence. Again, it's the presence of God is orienting your inner life to agree that, yes, God, you are the center. I'm awaiting your presence, you know, and you do that for however long, and then you put, you kind of incorporate, you know, hands too. It's like you lift your hands up, and God, I allow you to do whatever you want to do in me. Whatever transforming work you want to do, I'm receiving it. 
Give it to me. Like Matt Shear prayed for two years in a row, Psalm 139. Hey, test my thoughts, see whatever is offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Just, just, you just allow. So you await, then you allow. And then, you, then, you, then there's a period where you just say, God, whatever you give me, you put your hands over my heart. Whatever you show me, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to accept it. I'm not defensive. I'm not going to explain. Well, really, I didn't mean. I'm just going to accept it. And I stay with the hand over my heart for a few minutes and just try to own whatever, whatever maybe came up that morning, right? And then at the end, you attend. You say, I'm not just going to take this for myself. I'm going to take it into the world. I'm going to take it. I'm going to attend to whatever has happened in this time. And that has helped me a lot. Why am I sharing this? Because to me, these are practices that help me make my life more simple with God at the center. And there's another aspect of the definition where if you can center your life with God inwardly, you will live a life that's more modest, more frugal, right? Nobody wants to see that word. Uh Uh-uh. Wait, Jeff, don't you you out of time right now? What comes to your mind when you hear the word frugal, right? Ah, man, you're talking about thrift store shopping and penny pinching and all of that stuff and stinginess. That's no fun. Like my man John Boyles was talking about, I'm an American. I work hard for my money. Who are you to tell me I'm going to spend my money? I'll spend it however I want to spend it. Don't put any restraints on me. But it was interesting, the Latin, one of the roots for the word for frugal, one of the Latin roots is fruit. <laughs> like the, the word that means fruit, which can... The connotation is, it's a positive, (laughs) it bears fruit. It's like going in a positive direction. Joy even, fruitfulness and joy. That's one of the contexts of the word. Do we see this in Jesus' life? I believe so. Don't have time to get all into it, but think about who Jesus was. Did he accept limitations? Think about John Boyle's communion a few minutes ago. But think about that Philippians 2. He emptied himself. He, he, he didn't even consider equality with God something he had to like hold on to, grasp or whatever, but he made himself nothing. And then he comes as a person as a servant. I mean, whoa, that's a, con, that's a type of frugality, a type of simplicity. Like, wow, he accepted restraints on his life. And then what he taught, remember the parable, but he goes on and said, life doesn't consist in the abundance of your possessions. Right? I mean, he, he, he taught those things. And we could go on and on, but, you know, time, I can't get every single passage. And I believe the, the legacy that he gave, right, people like Paul, what a great passage this is, right? When he talks about, I've learned to be content in any circumstance. I have experienced times of need and times of abundance. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing, I am able to do all things through the one who strengthens me. I think the challenge for many of us is, <laughs> when we read this passage, we often go, man, having nothing and being hungry, that'd be hard for me to be content. And that'd be rough. And I think a lot of times we approach the scripture that way. But I, the reality is, guys, wake up. <laughs> we live in a very wealthy nation. We got to learn how to be content with plenty. That's how we, hint, that's how we're supposed to read the passage. Sometimes Paul was with rich Christians. Amen. He was benefactors, hooked them up. Amen. Right? He had to figure out how not to look down on the other poor people. Man, the next house I got to might not be as nice. Oh my gosh, you know. 
He had to learn how to be content when he had plenty, which you do too and I do too, because compared to the rest of the world, we got plenty. So the challenge is to refrain from owning or acquiring things that we don't need or using money or goods to gratify a hunger for status and glamour, right, or luxury, because self-indulgence is self-destructive. Self-indulgence is self-destructive. Remember, Jesus emptied himself, made himself nothing, learned how to do without. Hey, let's make you king. No, I don't need that status. I don't need that. I don't need a bunch of possessions. Hey, guys, you're going to go share your faith and go around different towns. Don't take too much stuff with you. Why are you worried about what you're going to wear? Birds are out there making nests, figuring out where the worms are. God provides. You'll be all right. Okay? So we have to learn that self-indulgence is self-destructive. And simplicity practices, they chip away at self-indulgence by interrupting our reflexive habit of doing whatever makes us happy. I want it. It looks good. I want to take it. Let me grab the fruit off the tree, right? I mean, it's, it's in us. It's a pleasing to my eye. Hey, I got enough money in my pocket. Might as well get it. You don't understand, every time we do that, we're, 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 we're closer to being more self-indulgent. And, and it's, it's, the, it's the little bitty rock at the top of the hill, but after a while it turns into an avalanche. If you don't have practices in your life that check that. Check that. Live simply with God. Trust in him to provide. And you'll have a better chance of not indulging yourself. Some questions to ask yourself. Man, I got to wrap this thing up. I know, Michelle, I'm, I'm going to do it. <clears throat> I love Michelle because without her, we'd be in trouble. Am I longing for a sense of importance or significance? Am I embarrassed if I'm not up to date with technology, with fashion? I think you should ask yourself these questions. I think they get to the root of a lot. And it motivates what, how we act. You know, I think sometimes we feel significant if our car is nicer than someone else's. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I know where it comes from, but it, I don't think it comes from centering on Jesus. Am I afraid I won't have enough? I mean, that's honest, right? That, that might be you. You're, you're afraid, right? Do I own this because I'm too guilty or afraid to get rid of it? I'll really make so-and-so upset if I sell this or throw it in the trash. Or, and now you've got to spend $117 a month on the storage unit. If I limit future purchases and purge some of what I currently own, will those actions create more or less space for me to treasure God? And will I be able to bless other people, encourage other people, or help more or less people? I think these are questions. Just sit with God in, in silence and, 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 and let, let the, have a conversation with God and ask these questions. In closing... Pray this prayer, hopefully often enough to where it makes a difference in your life. God of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are enough for me. Pray that throughout the day. The Bible says pray continually. Sometimes prayers like this can help us. Even if you pray it three times a day, try it. Just try it. These are just practicals. Hey, go, go through your house. <clears throat> Try to find like five or ten things that, you know what, 
they don't really seem to belong anymore. Like the, the, the jacket, you ain't worn it in eight years. It's too small anyway, right? A box that you don't even, what's in the box? You don't even know what's in the box, right? Find some things like that. Look and see what's in them. Maybe give them away. Something practical you can do, right? Or when you think about buying a tool, buying a book, buying some clothes, maybe you consider what tool, book, or clothes you already have and maybe give that away so you're not accumulating all the time. And um, I'm going to stop the message here. I haven't given the questions yet for the small group because it's, I, I, that's on me. I haven't done it yet. But I will, and it's going to include um, simplicity in our speech and the words that we speak to one another. That's another area that I don't have time to get to. I want to respect the time for the message. So that'll come out. I'm going to enjoy Father's Day. It might be a little late tonight. You're going to have to learn how to forgive a brother. Jordan, my bad. But it's not Jordan's fault. It's my fault. But we will have uh, study God for a small group discussion. But I, I really think there's plenty, even what we have so far, those questions can really help as well. But it'd be good if you asked those questions of yourself first and then maybe had a great discussion with your group. But uh, let's go ahead and go to uh, God in a word of prayer. Father, I, I just pray that whatever has been shared has been of of your spirit from your word and that is in fully in full compliance with your will father help us not just to receive things and keep them for ourselves but have, help us to have the heart uh, to allow that what we hear change our view and change our behavior so help us god we need you we're all messed up but it's so good to know that you're the good good father that still loves us even when we don't respond perfectly all the time that gives us so much security and so much joy Thank you, Father. We want you at the center of our lives. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.